Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. How are you doing today, Gabrielle? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really well. Super happy that you're here for today's episode of The Sell Better Show. So everyone who is here today, I know we have some folks trickling into the room, but you are in for a treat because we are going to get some of Gabrielle's expertise when it comes to cold emailing. So we actually did something fun for this show. We sent out an email and some posts before asking people to send in their cold emails they'd like some help with. So we're going to get more into the agenda later, but you're going to get to see Gabrielle's live rewrites of some of these emails and kind of like the thought process behind that. So if you're here towards the end of the month looking to get March all ready to go, this is going to be great for you. Um, As people are trickling into the room, can you let us know where you're tuning in from? Uh, Where are you, Gabrielle? I'm in Austin, Texas. Oh, lovely. And okay. All right. I'm in Miami. Uh, We've got in India, Nashville, New Jersey, Toronto. Awesome. Um, Also, I would love to know if you have some nice color in your house like Gabrielle, like I'm aspiring to be, or if your walls are as blank as mine right now. Um, I need some interior design inspiration. Uh, We got a Minneapolis. It's 10 degrees. Oof. Okay. Normally in Austin, but currently in Nicaragua. Love it. Well, thank Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in today. Super, super excited about this episode. I know that it's the end of the month and you're like trying to wrap everything up and end the month strong. So we promise we'll make it worth your time today. Um, So I'll just jump right in here to introductions. I'm sure you already know Gabrielle. Um, She is incredible. She is the creator of the one-on-one. She's an SDR manager at Culture Amp. So she has a of experience helping both ICs and managers really level up their game when it comes to all kinds of cold outbound. So are you ready to talk about emails? Let's do it. All right. Before we jump into that, just wanted to let you know that we do the show every single day. So we have quite a few exciting shows coming up and we try to focus on every part of your pipeline. So if you want to level up your emails, you're in the right place today. Friday, we'll have an awesome show about sequencing. We just want to make sure that we help you take control of your own learning and education. So you can scan that QR code there or jump into our YouTube channel and get a lot of on-demand shows as well. Oh, I am so sorry. I I am not sharing my screen. That would probably help us out quite a bit here. Um, That is an end of the month mistake for me. So my apologies. Well, okay, let me go back here because, you know, we've got this introduction here. Um, this is where you can scan that QR code to go ahead and get started with the rest of our shows if you want to see what's coming up. And then now um, we want to say a special shout out to our partners who make this show possible. So first up, we have Magical. Magical is amazing. They help you automate your outreach and your tasks, or not your outreach, like your, your tasks and your writing and stuff like that. And then Zoom Info, who actually has our drop of the day. They've shared um, a really special resource with us in the chat where you can use intent data to help turn cold calls into warm calls, which is what we all want. Um, all right. So jumping into today's agenda, would love to start with a poll. Can you let us know who is in the room today? Um, as we talked about before, Gabrielle has a ton of experience helping both managers and ICs really level up their game. So we'd love to know kind of where you land in that spectrum. Um, And then in terms of today's agenda, we're going to start off with a brief overview of the basics of really good cold email outreach in 2024. So we know that things are constantly changing. We know that it's harder than ever to actually get your outreach listened to. So we're going to have a really good checklist for you to know kind of where to start and how to make sure the email you're sending is great. 
Next, we're going to talk about um, common mistakes that cut your conversion rates. And this is where we're going to jump into a really tactical deep dive. So we're going to actually go through some of the emails that were sent into us live on the call, talk about what's working, what maybe could be improved a little bit, and then we can help with some of those rewrites. So I'm super excited for that part. And then finally, we're going to finish with some tactics to help you stand out in the inbox. Like, what else do you need to do on top of the cold email outreach? How can you make sure that it's actually going to be received by your prospect? So excited for that, too. And don't forget, as we're going along, please put your questions in the Q&A. We're going to leave some time at the end to jump into those. Um, looks like we've got some good responses here. We've got about... 30% SDRs, 35% AEs, um, and then about 20% total leadership. So that's awesome. Um, hope you're excited to talk to everyone today. But Gabrielle, if we can jump in here with our cold email checklist, can you walk us through a few of those, kind of why these are important and how these can help you create a really solid cold email? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of what we see here um, is like lessons learned from my own direct experience, but also testing out advice that I've been given. Uh, I think the first piece of advice that I was ever given about writing an email was back in 2015. So it was like 10 years worth of stuff that's coming in. And so one of the first things I got that, that was taught to me is this um, this ratio of uh, I, like I, me, us to you um that ratio should be like one to five is what i was told when i was an sdr and so the reason for this is like number one it, it's going to purposely focus the sales reps attention on the prospect on their potential customer versus focusing in on whatever it is that your solution can provide or whatever it can do so number one it's like a really great to me like a mental model but then also when i'm done crafting my email if I see that I'm saying me, 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 I, 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 I'm like, who is this email really about? You know, like, so and it really should be about the prospect. I think secondly, conversational, right? How you talk. There is nothing more drab and more boring than receiving an email and knowing that it is just a bunch of corporate speak. We are individuals. We are unique. We have really beautiful and unique ways of expressing ourselves. Of course, we want to make it like, quote unquote, professional and safe for work in that kind of way. But if you, if the way that you speak and the way that you write are completely off, this to me gives you an opportunity to make it a lot easier to craft compelling, unique emails that stand out. Because like if you are trying to sound like somebody else, you're probably going to drown out in a sea of other folks who are also trying to sound like this idea of what it means to be a salesperson. So um, what I like to do in some of the best, when I say the best, uh, I don't mean they're necessarily the best at copywriting. I mean, they're the best at getting responses over email. The folks that I've seen who are the best at getting responses over email are folks who literally do speech to text for their emails. So just like, I want to give you that little tip there. Um, I think a third thing is sending yourself the email just to see what it looks like. Um, I know for myself, I uh, I have the gift of gab. My mother named me very appropriately. And so that can transfer over into my email. So before I ever go and I send the email to somebody else, I want to see how that lands in my inbox. And I also want to see how that lands in my notifications on my phone. I don't have my phone near me, right? But like one of the things that I always want to see is does the subject line actually fit within the preview? And then within the subject or within the first line of the email, like, what do people actually see? And am I using that as valuable real estate or is it full of a bunch of fluff? So when I'm receiving that first like banner notification on my phone 
And, it's, and if it says a budget fluff, okay, that gives me an opportunity to cut back and make it more value add in those first, like the, the subject lines, well, the first few lines of the of the email. But then also when I'm opening it up, I know for me, if I have to, I'm a, I'm lazy. I'm a lazy email reader. I'm not even an email reader. The majority of my email inboxes are always at a thousand plus. You don't want to see my personal inbox. It's atrocious. Um, I Yeah, yeah. I was like, all the people who can do inbox zero are freaks to me but good for you and um so like what i want to just make sure is that does my entire text and i think this goes to the under 75 words and easy to read i want to make sure that it shows all the majority of my text if not all of my text shows up without needing to scroll if i need to scroll i've lost my audience so i just want to make sure that whatever i'm putting in there i'm taking the time you're all taking the time taking the effort to come here <laughs> on february 28th right in the middle of your day or for some of y'all maybe it's like the end of your day or maybe early in the morning and so like if you're taking the time to invest in these kind of things like it doesn't it you should be also take the time to invest in just checking is what i want to be seen being seen and am i making it easier for the reader to see that as well so that's what's influenced that checklist i think that's brilliant because all of these things are moving it away from me to the prospect right like how is this going to be read? How will this show up in their workflow? How is this going to be received? Because I think all too often we can fall into the trap of like, yeah, I'm sending 200 emails today because my manager told me to. And that's very different from this actually might elicit a response. So let me think about exactly how it's going to be perceived. So I think, and guys, we're going to send out um, the recording of this tomorrow. So you'll have access to everything if you didn't catch a screenshot or anything. But having a checklist like that, right next to you when you're actually writing your cold emails is a really good way to make sure that you're sticking to the fundamentals and making sure you have the best practices going. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about was this last one. We talked a little bit about subject lines in our pre-call, and you mentioned that one of the most important things was having different variables that you could isolate and test. How do you generally go about A-B testing and making sure that you're consistently seeing like what's actually moving the needle for you? Yeah, I think the first thing you always want to do when thinking about any kind of experimentation is what are you actually trying to impact from a numbers perspective? So a subject line, so like uh, your open rate, for example, uh, is going to be informed by your, uh, it's going to be informed by like delivery time. It's going to be informed by your subject line. It's going to be informed by the first line of your email, right? So, um, so if I want, if I know that I have a really great, if someone opens my email and I have a very healthy, like, positive reply rate but my open rate is the thing that's holding me back that's what i, w- I want to test on like hey like what is how can i get my open rate a little bit bigger that does not mean that i go into my email i change my email doesn't mean that doesn't but i, I just want to choose one variable so maybe i come up with a theory that says all right my theory is that if i send my emails between the hours of 6 a.m and 8 a.m market time for the prospect that is what is going to lift my open rate. And so that's the only thing that I'm going to test for, let's say, two weeks, right? Or I'm going to have a control group going and I'm going to have like a, a maybe 25% of the emails that I'm sending out are going to send at that time. And that's what I'm going to test for, for example. And I run that and I'm going to see, did I get the kind of list that I wanted? Yes or no. And so if it is a yes, it's like, cool, awesome. Then that's what I'm going to do. And then if I want to get any more incremental gains and I'll test somewhere else. But if it's a no then maybe that's what I want to test out my subject line or I want to test out my 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 first line. I don't want to do both, though, because then I won't know what exactly the variable is. And so if you're using any kind of, I would like imagine modern day sales engagement platform, 
that'll allow you to automatically A-B test, then you can just set that up. So like I use outreach, I'm an outreach shop at Culture Amp. So we can set up uh, an A-B test just testing out different subject lines. And so then it's going to automatically split those folks for me. And then I'll be able to test that until it comes up with some level of statistical significance. And I'll say, hey, this is a subject line that's going to get you more by however much it opens. So that's mm-hmm. what I I like we want to be we just want to make sure that whatever we're testing like we're first and foremost starting off with what it is the number that we're trying to impact and then what are the variables that influence it the most cool once I have that now I want to set up some some controls or some parameters around how I want to experiment against that so I'm actually getting a, an answer right as to like which theory is actually going to lead me towards my results. It sounds like this is kind of like, you know, they say sales is an art and a science. This is like the science side of things where you've got to just look at the numbers, be really experimental and isolate those variables. But I love that because that's something that anybody can do, right? Like you can go and take those steps and like see the actual impact in the numbers that you have. Cool. So I want to jump into those cold email rewrites as you're getting that ready to go. um, I have another poll for everyone in the room. Would love to hear a little bit more about what you're struggling with most when it comes to your cold emails. So is that, yeah, subject lines, openers, creating relevance. We kind of want to make sure we're focused on the right things as we go through this process and help you out with that. Um, Also, I saw Elena had a question in the chat here. Please be sure to put your questions in the Q&A and we'll get to those at the end. But just wanted to add this, ask this quickly while that poll is going. Gabrielle, Elena mentioned that um, they're newish to sales, seeing more success with longer emails than the shorter ones. Curious why this might be. And I definitely want your take on this. I think what I'd say is a lot of this advice is definitely like can be industry and problem and persona specific, um, but would kind of love to hear your take on why a longer email might be working better probably just have more good stuff in it like what are you actually saying because I've, I've seen it where the emails that are shorter don't have any substance to it because you're so you're trying to um over index on brevity versus substance and so um i, I think during we had a pre-call for today uh session but i had said i can probably count on like one hand if not two fingers the number of times that i've had an email where the person would have had a scroll. But I was like, I had way too much goodness in that email where I was just like, everything that I'm putting in here is like, so there's just, sorry if you hear my dogs barking in the background, but I'm like, there were articles, like, you know, like they had strategic initiatives that were mentioned in 10Ks and they had press releases. And it was just like, everything is make the math is math and too much for me to subtract from here. So I would say it's less about your word count if you're having success. And, and I would probably wonder like, hey, what are you, putting in that email that makes it that, that nets you more responses especially if they're positive responses okay perfect thank you so much for that um so it looks like creating relevance is most top of mind right now um followed up by subject lines and then openers calls to actions we've got fewer people um in that and then some people in the chat are saying improving reply rates open rates are plummeting. So any tips for that, that might be along the lines of that subject line. So it sounds like um, as we're going through these, if we can kind of focus on that creating relevant piece um, and then subject lines and reply rates. I know those are like the fundamentals of core emails, but cool. Yeah, it's like it kind of lines up to Elena's question in my response is like, what is the substance that's in there, aka like what is the relevance? But let's get in because I know we don't have 
the most time in the world. Um, so we have, I believe, four emails. And so what I'll do is I'll just kind of stop by each one, give my kind of overview of like, maybe here's what I think is going well. Here's where I think there can be areas for improvement, uh, make some edits, and then we'll roll off to the next one just for the sake of time. So um, I, I'm going to do my best on the relevance front, knowing that the only thing that I received is the email itself. Like I didn't get any information. Some of these emails, we don't know what the solution is. We don't know what the company is. We don't know who their prospect is. We can infer at times. But when I look at this email, um, like, okay, so the first thing that we see is like, all right, so it'd be like, hey, hey, Sydney, I see you listed prospecting on your LinkedIn profile. I bet your team is already using a tool like fill in the blank. Been hearing that a lot of users are struggling to get verified contact data at scale. We uh, have a Selena. We solve this by first confirming who they work for on LinkedIn then finding verified contact info in real time. I'm curious, is this a headache for your team at blank? Two, or is it just me best? Gabrielle, right? So a couple of things that stand out to me is I do not like this. Is it just me piece? Because we're making it about us when we are, when you initially said it was about the users. So a couple of things that I would do first and foremost is go get rid of the, is it me piece? Um, a couple, like the next thing that stands out to me is I saw you listed prospecting on your LinkedIn profile. Um, I'm not, and you'll have to excuse me because like I had COVID, I had brain fog. And if I sound really like curt and short, um, it's because normally I am, but I'm just going to use COVID as an excuse. This to me feels like a very hands generic message. And so I would want to see a little bit more, right? So if we're talking about relevance, for example, and we're going to use subject line, like things that I want to, and I'm assuming that we're going after like SDR teams, sales teams, for example, like I'd be focusing on companies that are growing, that are going to be onboarding a bunch of new, like new folks onto their team. I probably want to look for, um, if I know that they're, if I, if I know for sure they're using things, like maybe I, I, uh, maybe, uh, maybe one of the things that I can do is actually go and talk to SDRs and confirm that they're using those solutions. And then when I put, then when I'm writing an email, I can say like, Hey, Sydney, after chatting with a few of the SDRs at Deal, they shared um, some of the challenges that they're having using whatever the solution is, right? So like this to me is the opportunity to actually create a little bit more relevance, a little bit more urgency. It shows a bit more work. And when you show more work, you show more credibility. So for this one, I might just say like, um, so hi, first name, uh, you know, after... Um, Everybody, you know, I had had a chance to chat with a couple of SDRs at company company name. One thing I wanted to add there really quick, if you maybe can't talk to somebody at the company, a lot of times you can find some of this information from job posting. So like if they're hiring SDRs, they might say like, you know, you'll be using this specific tool. So there's a lot of different ways you can go about getting this information if maybe you're having a hard time getting a hold of somebody at the company and you still want that relevance. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah. So like, right, cool. And they mentioned they're struggling to get verified contact data. I mean, at scale can seem a little bit like fluffy jargony, but it's like verified contact data in a reliable, non-cumbersome way. Like we saw this... Um, I, I mean, you could, you can add in these details. I'm not terribly mad at this, um, of like exactly, cause you're essentially just, you're listing off a feature 
And I don't know if feature listing, um, date, and selling data is a little bit different because I used to work at like a company that sold consumer data. And we actually, so you putting in those details did matter. So like, I just, I wanted to like take that as it is a note real quick. But I, I always like to say like, hey, like we, um, I say, uh, I probably say instead of we at, I'd probably say um, uh, companies, companies like, right? And like insert, insert uh, a relevant company name. It, and it doesn't necessarily have to be like a competitor. It could be somebody in their industry. It could be somebody in their uh, in their region, like a, a local company, right? Um, use vendor to like to get their reps contact data way easier and faster i'm going to say this most if, if this if they're going after a sales team like an sdr manager uh the number one thing i hear the most from my reps is how much time it takes to get contact data and get prospects loaded into sequence so you just saying this is going to go yeah absolutely because i hear my reps talk about this all the time and then and and if I'm done this work up here to go like I already know this is a problem for you, I'm not going to say is this a headache for your team too. I would say I'm curious, like how are you helping your team get over these headaches today? Yeah, like I'm going win with I'm assuming that you have this problem, especially if I've already chatted with folks, and I know you do. So it's, it's, it's like, I, so I'm showing I've, I've done work, um, bringing in relevant companies. I'm not making it feature specific. I'm just saying like, hey, we can just make it way easier and faster. But like knowing that knowing you don't have us, <laughs> I know that you're still having problems. Like that's what's going on in the back of my mind when I'm writing this. So it's just like, hey, like, how are you going? Like, how are you getting over these headaches today? Or how, like, how are you trying to help your team? Yeah, no, this is so good. And I loved watching the transformation from kind of going back to that first point on the checklist of like, I, I, we, me, and all of a sudden, it's significantly more about them. Um, also, since the relevance piece is such a big um, component for people in the room today, something else I noticed that I'd like your take on is it seems like really, truly understanding the pain point of the person you reach out to gives you most of the way to that relevance, right? Because when they're opening the email, they're going to be looking for stuff that's going to solve the problems that they're having. So do you have any other advice for people getting to really know their ICP that they're reaching out to so they can create that relevance? Yeah, um, I think the best thing you could possibly do is use the words of your customer. And so like, there are times where I've gone into an organization and I've been handed like a messaging book or a persona playbook, let's say, and it's a bunch of very honestly marketing jargon and company jargon. And if I were to say these words outside of the company I work for, nobody would understand what I'm saying. However, what really started to like make a big difference is when I use the, the prospect or the customer's way of speaking word for word. So like that could come from, all right, you're you're on a call, let's say, and it could be a discovery call or if you're an SDR and you set up a disco call for an AE and the prospect just gushes. They're like, here are all my problems. Here's exactly how I see your solution helping us. Here's what it would give us. Wonderful. I'm taking that and I'm making that into an email using their own words. So like whether so it's like whether you hear it in discovery calls, if you hear it over cold calls, if you're 
company has a call recording software and you're listening, right? Like I would just say, use the language of your prospects word for word, what they're saying. And that is what's going to carry a lot more. Um, it's, it's, it's not just relevance, it's resonance with your prospects. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I would love to hear, can you put a one in the chat if you're doing this currently, if you're looking at those recordings and your prospects words and putting them into your outreach? Jacob, nice. Love it. I would definitely recommend this as a strategy is something I'm trying to lean into more as well because they give you some of your best stuff, right? You don't have to reinvent the wind. So cool. Um, Can we jump into this next email? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I'm going to be potentially mean on this one. So I, okay, there's a couple of things that I, I just want to, and I'm just going based off of how I receive the email. So the first things first is we do not need the bold. There's a couple of formatting things, just like little stuff, just to break it up for readability purposes. So I'm not just like, my eyes are scrunching up and I'm going, what am I actually reading here? Um, I'm sure like some of this stuff is like editing and formatting, like you wouldn't say, hey, comma, Sydney, comma, right? So and in, in depending on who you're reaching out to as well, be mindful of the level of like, this is where like, you know, uh, write how you speak. Like there's a potential shadow side to this, which is we also need to know we, we, we still need to be a certain level of we have to have a um, the professional elevation to it nonetheless. Right. So if. If I'm just by just from what I infer from this email, where it's an IT consulting firm, you're reaching out to IT folks, not saying that IT folks aren't cool people. However, like that might be a bit more traditional, a bit more um, uh, 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 reserved, a little bit more like what's the word? A certain level of decorum is needed. So the informality of hey might not resonate as much and you might take yourself out of the running just because of the informality of the of the hay so you know if you're reaching out to you know you just want you want to be but if you're like a salesperson reaching out to another salesperson at the same level as you right like a hay might be and you know them a hay might be totally fine so i might i still want to have a certain level of formality here until i'm told otherwise right if i get a hay back then i'm gonna I'm going to um I'm going to mirror that response but mm-hmm. like hey it's uh, uh if I if anyone ever sends me an email and says I'm just get rid of the word just like as if you say I'm just an SDR I'm just a salesperson it's just a solution you're you're immediately discounting the value that you can provi- that you can provide because of the words that you use words are incredibly powerful so be mindful of which ones that you're using so like uh, and then also saying, hey, it's just name over here at vendor. That's what your signature is for, right? So there's a couple of things. There's like so many things that are going on here. It's so all I'm going to start off from the stop, right? So like, hi, Sydney. It's just Gabrielle over at Culture or uh, at Boutique IT Consulting Firm. I'm not sure if you've heard of us. We're a boutique IT consulting firm. I'm reaching out, looking to be a potential resource for you and your IT staff, whether it's for pricing, vendor agnostic solutions, free consulting. We can help throughout the whole process. Please send me availability for a quick call if this is something you'd like to discuss further. Trash, box, gone, not in my inbox anymore for the, like so many reasons. But the fact is there is absolutely nothing in here about the prospect. Like if you want what is the antithesis of relevance, this is it, right? This is just like, it's me, 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 me. 
I have no idea what's going on in your company. I'm just going to throw spaghetti at the wall and hope it sticks. So I, it's hard for me to even coach on this one because we don't know anything, right? But this to me is an example of what not to do from a relevant standpoint. There are ways that we can reapproach this, which it could be like, hey, Sydney, I notice that you're growing. Hey, Sydney, we're working, you know, like, um, you know, we're, we, we work with other IT professionals in your region, in your area, in your industry. Like we could have had something that's there and we're supporting them through lever- like through pricing, vendor agnostics, exclusions, free consulting, whatever, right? But the fact that there's nothing there about like who you're helping or how you can help this person, like what what are uh, any problems that you could potentially help with them? This this to me goes immediately in the garbage. Well, the other thing that I mean, and you're alluding to this, like you're asking the person receiving this to do a lot of work, right? They got to receive this and be like, okay. Do I need help with pricing? I don't know. Do I need help with consulting? Like they have, they are not seeing this and like, oh yeah, I'd love that problem solved. They have to actually do the work and going and thinking, okay, have I heard of them? No, I haven't. Okay. Do I need help with this? Wait, let me go and search my brain. They're not going to do that. They're too busy. They have a million other emails to attend to. But if you've done your research and you understand the situation of their business, I mean, at least as much as you're able to from what you can see online and you hit on something that's relevant to them, then that'll spark like, oh, you know what? I'd like to learn more. Very different story. Yeah. And I think as well, like if it's a boutique, so um, just for context, like like when I say I grew up in an IT consulting firm, I mean that quite literally. My grandfather had an IT consulting firm that at one point in time was one of the like largest minority owned businesses in the Midwest. So like, and in, in he started that company two years after I was born. So, like, I grew up in that office. And the IT IT consulting world and what I've seen as well for engineering and DevOps, like, it, it's not always true, but a lot of business happens based off of relationships and partnerships. So, you have to have connections. So, for this, so assuming that they're going after I, like IT, I'm, I'm looking at what are the connections. So, it could be something like, Hey, Sydney, I saw that you used to work over here at this company, right? We actually are supporting them on whatever you're able to disclose, right? And it's not infringing upon your non-disclosure agreements, but it could be like, hey, Sydney, I saw that you used to work at this company or hey, Sydney, I saw that you used to be involved in this organization. Did you know Dave over there? I'm actually, we actually just kicked off a project to support some of the vendor agnostic solutions and I figured that I'd reach out to you to see if and how we might be able to support. Would you be down for coffee sometime to chit chat? Right. So it's it's much more about making connections, like given the fact that it's like if we're going to an IT staff in particular. So that's how I would transform this one. Is, it's hard to transform it. Just, it would just be like, hey, like, here's the approach to take instead. Mm hmm. And yeah, I like how you address that, the kind of the CT at the end and knowing what's specific to that industry, if it is building relationships is more in person. Let's grab a coffee. That's going to work a lot better. Something yeah. else I wanted to mention, because I know we also had um, responses to the poll asking about, you know, reply rates and stuff like that. If you nail the relevance, and we'll talk about kind of subject lines and how that shows up in the inbox in a little bit, but if you get those down, that will definitely have a big impact on the reply rates that you have. So just kind of want to, you know, we're, we're definitely trying to focus on the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but some of this stuff, it's going to, like, yeah, this one, this one's a little bit tough. Um, to move on to the next one. So, um, okay, so we've got this is like a two part email, um, that we have here. So, subject to staffing question. So, hey, Sydney or hi, Sydney, 
Soft reopen positions at ABC Corp. Finding the right fit in a saturated U.S. market is a challenge. We often see this as due to a resource gap for enough skilled professionals in the U.S. At IBEX, we have partnered with leading HVAC companies to fill these kinds of positions from one of our global hubs. Sound interesting? Question mark. Um, so I, all right, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say this as kindly as possible. I feel like I'm like the email grinch right now, but I, I swear I'm not trying to be. So this one, why, okay, I, I love it because it's like technically just based off a lot of the best practices of today. Um, I'm looking at like, I'm, I feel like I'm talking about Will Allred right now from Lavender. I love him, by the way. Uh, but like this lines up exactly to all like the, the language and the suggestions that you'll hear today about what makes a great email. The challenge with this, though, is like even though it's like technically according to best practices that have been circulated for the past year or two, I would say, is it one, it, it can start to look like every other email that gets sent out, which is not the worst problem in the world. But then also we're so caught up into making things technically appropriate that it kind of loses its flow and we miss out on some of the potential relevance of the substance in the email. So like there is some really good stuff here. So it's like uh, the subject line of staffing question, I think is really solid because they're going to be staffing a bunch of folks and it also relates to the rest of the email. Hey, I saw three open positions at ABC Corp. And one thing to know, and this is what I was going to call out for myself, is um, I work in a world where we're selling, I guess, like more like high, like what we call like high end tech or high tech, right? And so depending on what you're selling, it's going to influence like how, like what degree of information do you need to have? So I just want to take in the fact that the way that I'll coach on folks is based off of selling like B2B software as a service, right? To other basically software companies. So some of the stuff might not be applicable and that's totally fine for what I'm going to say. So um, if I see the seat, saw three open positions at ABC Corp, like if one of my reps came to me and said, hey, like, here's what I have. I'm going to, I would tell them go one step deeper, right? Like what were these three open positions? Like what it like, is there anything from those three open positions that's really interesting, like that we can bring in, if, if anything at all? Um, do we know how long the positions have potentially been open for, right? As well, it's like I like let's 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 take this a little bit deeper so that we're not just stating the obvious and we're potentially stating something or identifying a potential or showing a, uh, a level of insightfulness with this. Mm -hmm. So, if we know that finding the right fit in a saturated U.S. market is a challenge and there's a huge resource gap as well, right? I would just want to, and then I see the position's been open for X number of days. And especially if I know that we have a data point that says we can fill these roles in less amount of days that it's been open, great, I have a beautiful email, right? So if it's like, hey, first name, I saw three open positions at ABC Corp that have been opened or that have been open for a little, a little over three weeks, um, like, you know, and I'd probably say, you know, chatting, you know, chatting with, with other like, um, HVAC, HVAC, uh, com or, or, uh, companies, whatever you want to call them companies. Uh, we've heard finding the right fit is saturated is a, is a challenge. And I would probably like want to decrease this. I'm also a queen for run on sentences. So like, just know that about me. Uh, the challenge you to resource gap for enough skilled professionals because otherwise some of the stuff is redundant, right? Um, I would say then the next thing is, 
I'd probably change up a couple of things. I always like letting the prospect and potential customers or other customers be the lead in sentences. So instead of saying, hey, at Culture Amp or at Deal or at Sell Better, I'd say, hey, leading HVAC companies have been able to do with, right? So that we come in second. So leading HVAC companies um, have been able to or have been filling these kinds of positions in, let's say, I'm just saying like, you know, in a third of the time using using Ibex. And I don't know if we need the global hubs anymore. I I love this one so much because we do see, I feel like LinkedIn is amazing. We learn a ton from leaders in this space, but sometimes it does feel like a bit of an echo chamber to the point where we kind of all see the same specific advice about emails and like what's working according to the data. And then like you said, everybody does it. Sometimes the emails kind of lose their meaning. They all kind of become, you know, standard. And so this is a good reminder that, yes, those are excellent resources to pull from, but it doesn't have to constrain the entire way you write your email. And if it's taking away from the actual relevance and value that you're providing, then it's worth like deviating from that a little bit. So I appreciate you sharing this example for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I think I think that from like uh, uh, the majority of the meat and bones was there. So you needed to flush out a couple of things. So the the only things that were changed is just... Okay, so from these three open positions at ABC Corp, like go a, a layer deeper. So, for example, some of y'all might be selling into like public, uh, publicly traded companies and you read their 10K, for example, or you read a press release and you can go, hey, like I saw that you want, you know, or you get funding, right? It's like, hey, congrats on the funding. Okay, well, what are they using that funding for? It's in the press release, you know? And then like, does that a lot? And then look at SalesNav and see... What positions uh, have they increased in headcount representation, right? So if it's like, hey, like, and, and where did it happen? So if it's like, hey, I saw this is happening over here. I also saw that you're increasing hiring in R&D, right? And if your solution aligns any of that, then great. So it's just, it's not just taking the first breadcrumb you get. It's find like, find one more, like go the next breadcrumb. And that can be something really interesting that's there. And so but again, I, I love the challenge statement. And it's just, and I think what we did here too is just flip the focus. So instead of it being like, hey, like Ibex does this and whatever, but it's just like, hey, I, it, it making it a little, also a little bit more conversational too. Cause I think that's why I saw with the choppiness of like, here's a challenge, whatever. But it's like, hey, I've chatted with some other HVAC companies or some other hiring managers from HVAC companies. Here's what they told me. And that's why, that's why I say there's the importance of use. Use the exact same words that you'll hear, like word for word, what customers will say. But so, and they said that it is a pain in the rear end, right? To like get people who will actually stay for a while. That shows insight, that shows credibility. Um, And so then it's like, cool, like these kind of companies are also able to fill these kinds of positions in whatever, whatever the metric is that gives you a differentiator and like actually shows some level of solution to the problem cool like using what we have and i'd love to see what this looks like for you you open would you be open to exploring what that could look like or whatever your sign off is thanks fill in the blank 
I think um, just like when it comes to, you know, handling objections, like a lot of times the key in sales is like going a little bit deeper. Don't just take it at surface value, like get a little bit deeper and kind of understand what's happening there. So this is a perfect example of that. So unfortunately, we only have a few minutes left. I, I don't know if there's one more email you want to really quickly run through or we can jump into yeah, our Q&A. It, it's, like a, it's like a follow-up. So and I don't know that for this purpose, it would be the best example. But yeah, I think we can go into Q&A. Okay, perfect. So we have a question here from Jacob. Mentions that it's his first proper sales role. Um, regarding subject lines, I've recently had a good open rate, but a low reply rate. Do you have examples or ideas of subject lines that could help to get replies from those who have opened a message for follow-up emails? So I'm not sure, again, if this would fall in like the the subject line, if you're getting the opens or like what people yeah, control of that. If you're getting a good open rate, so controlling the, the variables, a reply rate, it's going to have to do with the body. Uh, it could be a bunch of different things. It could be, um, is your message relevant to the person that you're going after? Number one, right? Like, so is it, is it the right message? Is it the right person? And then also, is it the is it a is it a good close? So I would want to look at those kinds of things first. Now, if somebody's opening up your email a bunch of times, like I don't know that I I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be really honest with you because it's not one tactic. What I tell my folks is if so, if you are getting opens, like if someone especially if they're opening it multiple times, put them on a call list, blitz them, right and especially if they've mul- answered it multiple times to- or if they open it multiple times, just respond straight back to that email, right? Like reply and you can put something in there that's like, hey, um, either like either my my uh, email is horrendous and you're forwarding it along to everybody in the organization for how bad it is, or maybe there's something that's relevant. I hope it's the latter, right? But and then you can restate your relevance for reaching back out to them and why you think it'd be like a, a worthwhile conversation to have but i i don't know that i i i kind of like don't want to get too caught up in like if this subject line then this especially as i've seen over the past number of years email effectiveness has plummeted so it's, it's much more about just using email as an intent signal having the appropriate follow-up over email plus calls mm-hmm. in order to get it doesn't really matter where you get the connect as long as you get the connect Love it. Okay, so we've got a few more, so we're going to have to go kind of rapid fire. Elena asks, curious about how you decide what info to share in an in- initial email versus what you withhold to try and get them into a call or in a meeting. Um. Ooh. Uh, so I'll show you with you what my framework is for a call and for an email. It's I have my intro, I have my relevance, my value proposition, and I have my call to action. That's what I share. And then I wait for them to respond, right, over the phone. So if it's over email, uh, so that's the that's the first thing, right? So um, then that being said, over email, you have a sequence, right? So your sequence is really going to be like a story. So if you think about um, the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell, his whole like the uh, rite of passage the person has to take of like not knowing they have a problem and they get a call and they deny the problem and then they're like, oh shit, now I got to go through all this stuff and got to get my magical powers. I come back and now I'm Harry Potter, right? So like that to me is what your sequence does. So like whatever that 12-step process to your hero's journey is, you don't put all of that in email one. You put it across like say six to seven emails over the course of 30 to 45 days. That shows a like, hey, like so I'm going to have my my hit on the top, but then over time I'm going to maybe share some stories of, hey, I saw your company's doing this. Here's a case study of how this company did this and here are some of their results. 
oh, by the way, here are some of the very specific features that they use. Oh, here's like a quote. Oh, by the way, here's like a different, like, you know, here's another guy that hits upon that so that you're telling someone is taking on a story on your sequences. Love it. Okay. Um, thoughts on adding lead magnets and this similar question, infographics, external links, stuff like that in cold emails. Uh, just not on the first one because uh, you don't want to get caught up in, you don't want to like trigger any like security uh, spam filters. Okay, perfect. And then thoughts on using interest-based CTA versus another CTA asking for time in the first email? Uh, A-B test it. Best way to figure that out. Love it. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for attending. Thank you, Gabrielle, for your insight. I know I learned a ton. Um, when we send out this recording tomorrow, I'd be sure to go back and grab that checklist so you can, you know, look at that as you're going through your own cold emailing. Gabrielle, where can everybody connect with you? Yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, Gabrielle GB Blackwell. Also, um, the Sell Better Daily Show, uh, they put in a link to my newsletter, which is called The One-on-One. It is my pride and joy, my little baby. It's almost 16,000 subscribers strong. Uh, it's all about like sales management tips and tricks, especially if you are an aspiring sales leader or if you have a manager who you think would benefit. So like if you love me or if you want me to feel loved, you will subscribe mm-hmm. to that. Definitely subscribe. Well, thank you so much for your time. Everyone, we've got another great show coming up on Friday talking about sequences. If you want to kind of know how to put all these emails together. But yeah, check us out on our website. See what shows are coming up. When you leave the show today, there's going to be a poll asking you kind of how you like the show. So if you loved it, please be sure to let us know. That helps us out a ton. Um, Hope your month is ending super strong. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Sydney. Thank you, Gabrielle.